Hi, friends. Welcome back to Blame It on the Aliens. I'm your host, and I am a little horse. I've been horse for nine days, I think. So I was going to wait it out and wait till my voice came back, but we're doing a lot better. Um, So here I am. And the theme is, in my head at least, time slips, alternate realities, missing time, disappearing time, um, realities that didn't actually happen. That is the vibe. And it is intense. So hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into it. Lost several hours of my morning and woke up at my high school. I've stopped telling people about the story I'm about to share because everyone assumes I'm making it up or had a stroke or something, but I sincerely feel like it must have just been a glitch in the matrix. This thing happened to me when I was a senior in high school. Now, let me preface this by saying I was basically a great student and a well behaved teenager. I never drank or did any kind of drugs, was extremely responsible no mental health issues, wasn't overtired or under stress, no history of seizures or any other medical problems. So here it goes. Classes at my high school went from nine to four each day, and we had four classes per day. I took a calculus course that was only offered outside of normal school hours from seven to 8.30. And then I had an off period where I was permitted to leave campus from nine to 10.30 and then needed to be back on campus for second period by 10.37. I usually woke up about 6.15, got ready, left around 6.45, and was able to make it to class on time. We had assigned a parking, so I knew I would have a spot right by my math class. Some of my friends were in my class, so I always got dressed, put on makeup, etc. before class, even though it was early. After class, I would always drive back home around 8.30 and study after, making myself breakfast and then leave again by 10.15 to be back on time. Well, this one day, I sort of just woke up in the hallway of my school right before second period. I ran into my friends and someone asked where my backpack and books were. I literally never used my locker and instead just carried my schoolwork with me at all times. I realized at that point that I didn't have any of my school stuff and wasn't even really dressed for school. I was wearing a t-shirt and basketball shorts, which is not something I would typically wear and was usually what I slept in. I didn't have my car keys or cell phone. I didn't have anything with me at all. And I didn't even know where any of these things might be. Even weirder, I didn't have any memory of driving back to school. I did remember getting dressed and going to my early math class that morning, then returning home afterwards, but no idea what had happened after that. I instantly felt so anxious and confused about what was happening. I told my friends I had to go and went out to my car to see if anything would jog my memory or if I could find anything. When I got to my car, it was locked, but was in the right spot. My car was an older model that could only really be locked in one of two ways. 
You could manually press down the lever on each door, or you could turn the key on the driver's side door to the right, and it would lock all of the doors. No key fob or anything. Because the door was locked and I always used the keys to lock it, I assumed my keys were somewhere at the school. I had no idea how to trace my steps without any memory before waking up in the hallway, but I went to my math class, looked around, and couldn't find them. I used my teacher's phone to call my dad, who had a spare. I told my dad I didn't really know what was going on, but I was locked out of my car at school and had forgotten my schoolwork at home, so I needed him to bring me the spare. He was annoyed and asked where my keys were and sounded really surprised when I said I didn't know. He eventually made it up to the school and let me into my car. He looked around the car after letting me in and suddenly pointed to my back seat where he saw my car keys just sitting there on the seat. At this point, he became concerned and asked if everything was okay and if I was trying to avoid school for some reason. I tried to explain that nothing was wrong. I wasn't sick or anything, but was near tears as I was trying to explain that I would never be able to leave my keys in the back seat because I always used the key to lock the doors when I got out. When I went to start the car, the battery was dead. We couldn't find anything that was left on to kill the battery, but it wouldn't even start when my dad tried to jump it with his car. So we had to go buy a new battery. My dad was a little spooked and said, maybe the doors lock as a safety feature when the battery dies, but that makes no sense because how could they? So how had all the doors to my car been locked with the keys in the back? Why was my battery dead when I didn't leave anything on in my car? Why was I basically back in my pajamas even though I had gone to class that morning in jeans? And worst of all, why did I have no memory of any of this? It was as though all the details of my morning got scrambled and rearranged out of order, or there was some kind of electrical short in the universe. We never did figure out what happened that day. And when I brought it up a few years later, my dad just said, yeah, that was a really weird day. I never, ever took naps in high school and don't have a history of sleepwalking. So I don't think this could be sleepwalking. And if it was some kind of seizure, I would be shocked as nothing like this has happened before or since then. I work at a popular sandwich shop. I think it may have made a sandwich for a paranormal entity, time traveler, matrix glitcher. Now, I know a fair amount of these stories are feasible to explain and are basic coincidence at most, but hear me out. This may be long, but I was thoroughly disturbed last night at work and it seems like a glitch for me to have even found this subreddit the day after my experience. Let me just say that I'm known to be a pretty observant guy. All my friends and family who know me even slightly well are aware that I notice everything. It's a pretty hard to slip something past me. And not to say that I'm proud or a cocky asshole or anything, but it's just a little background into me before you read this long ass story. Thank you. I've worked at this sandwich joint for over a year and a half. We run a tight-knit crew. I'm a good employee and good standing with the owner and the manager. And I'm a little bit of a night crew manager myself. The restaurant itself is very slow as 
we tend to receive maybe 20 to 30 customers within my entire six to seven hour closing shift. This means like I naturally tend to start conversations with the customers. I like to figure out where the people work for their day jobs, where they went to college, how their lives are, and all that stuff. You could say I get personal, but hey, people like it when you're not just a robotic employee. I even met a dude who went to Berkeley Law School, and he told me a lot about life and school and all that, but that's rather here nor there. Anyway, I like to talk to people. It gets me through the days, you know? And generally, people are pretty damn nice about it. I even have a mini little arsenal of conversation progression. Just headed home after a long day's work, huh? Nice. Where do you work at? Oh, that sounds cool. Did you need a degree for that? Okay, nice. Where'd you go to college? Did you like it there? Most conversations are extended versions of that. And it usually gets interesting hearing about such diverse backgrounds. About a week or so ago, this man came in. I would say 30s, dark hair, dark features, sweatpants, a Nike sweatshirt and hood up. It was late at night, say like 9.30ish, and I was ready to close this bad boy up and go home but had another half hour to kill. So I said, screw it. Let's start a conversation with this guy. Maybe his dad is like a congressman or something cool. Maybe I'll learn something from him. Holy hell. This guy was creepy as shit. He wouldn't meet my direct eye line. He would talk to me about looking above or between my eyes. He kept his left hand tucked in the back of his pants waistline. Now I realize that sentence is a bit hard to visualize, but The best visual I can give is like when people tuck a gun on the back of their pants. It was like he was clutching a gun. He kept his hand there the entire time. He was looking nervous and reluctant, as most people who commit robberies do. And as the sandwich making process progressed, I was becoming more and more sure that I was about to be robbed. He asked for a ham sandwich on white bread. The way we lay the ham is pretty formulaic, but due to his creepy demeanor, I was admittedly feeling nervous. The eight slices of ham ended up being folded over at different ratios, laid on top of each other sloppily, and did not look like too appetizing of a sandwich. The man asked for Swiss cheese. The formula calls for four slices, so as I always do, I picked up a stack of the triangularly cut cheese and Fan it all out in such a way where I can grab four and throw the rest back into the pile. I laid the cheese in less than an orderly fashion, and the sandwich is still clearly missing its picture perfectness that you see on TV. These details may seem irrelevant, but I just want you to know the gist of it, and you'll see why. The man asked if I could toast his sandwich. This means that I would have to turn my back to him for a few seconds to throw it in the toaster. I was running a lot of shit through my mind and I was not prepared to turn my back to him. This caused a mini sort of panic and I grabbed a sandwich and stand in such a way where I could keep an eye on him with my waist twisted enough to get the sandwich into the toaster, but still looking at him. And as you may have guessed, I dropped it. I dropped the sandwich. I made a basic attempt to catch it as it fell, you know, like kind of like flared my knee up and Tried to use my waist as sort of cushion to hold my elbow to catch the sandwich, but to no avail. I guess just imagine 
fumbling with your phone and the weird motions your body makes in an attempt to catch it right as you realize you dropped it. You get the idea. I was panicking hardcore, splat. In a few seconds before I looked up, I was bracing myself for a very angry creep to stare at me. But he was gone. He had left. He vanished. I didn't even hear the squeak of the door, the footsteps, nothing. I ran outside. I looked left, looked right, looked left again. No cars were driving by. No cars were even remotely parked close enough for him to be hiding in or behind. He was just gone. The sandwich was still on the ground, fallen face down. One of the triangles of cheese landed in the perfect angular contrast with the tiles on the floor. Of the eight pieces of ham on the sandwich, six were left betwixt the bread and the floor, while two pieces flew off and landed adjacent to the cabinet on top of which the toaster is located. Fast forward to last night. A man much older than the first comes in. I would say 60s, white hair, dark features, probably about 6'6". Was probably the tall, dark, and handsome dude in the 70s or something. Pretty nice man, up until he started ordering a sandwich. Fuck, I got chills typing that last sentence because I have no idea how to proceed with the story. It just gets unsettling for me. He ended up asking for white bread. I started to carry on my casual conversation. How's your night going, sir? Just getting off work? The man answered with a stern affirmative and offered no other information. Okay, clearly this guy did not want to talk about anything other than his sandwich. Weird. What kind of sandwich for you, sir? Ham. All right, pretty stern guy. No nonsense. Maybe he's like in the mafia or some shady shit and he got nervous when I asked him about work. All right, fine. Let me make your sandwich and can get out of here, man. He then reaches behind his waist. In the exact same fucking way the first guy did, I swear to God, the gesture and motion were the exact same smoothness, timing, and form. He kept his left hand there the exact same way the other man did about a week ago. The same way. Everything started eerily coming back to me now. It was like the most jolting deja vu moment I've ever had. And I honestly thought it was just that, deja vu. But wait, there's more. The way I ended up laying the ham looked very, very familiar. The distance between each slice, the way each layer peeled off the stack in ratio to the next, the way the slices folded over. I can honestly swear to you that I was building this same fucking sandwich that I just built a week ago. I was having one of these moments where a bunch of shit that just passes through your mind all at once. And it's actually kind of surprising just how many thoughts you can have in such a short amount of time. But I remember telling myself to take the risk and just reach for the Swiss because I just had that feeling. How did you know I wanted Swiss? I was taken aback. He actually wanted Swiss. How in the world do I pass it off as a lucky guess? Well, exactly how you would think. Lucky guess, I uttered as I let out a meager, pathetic little chuckle. The man proceeded to say the most spine-chilling thing I have ever heard. 
I read stories on Reddit about paranormal or weird shit happening to people. There's actually an Ask Reddit thread about it right now. I see variations of the quote, chill down my spine, and I've never really experienced that. I fucking experienced that last night. This man looks at me as if I told him I knew the winning lottery number for the next win. Very inquisitive look. Very, very strong sense of passion in his words when he said this. No, seems like you've done this before. He just called out my deja vu. He just confirmed that he was aware of my deja vu. At this point, the phrase time traveler just made its first entrance into my mind. I looked at him with the most ridiculously awestruck impression. I sat there staring at him for a good five seconds before I laid the cheese. It was a surreal moment. It was like the climax of this confrontation had already happened, but I still needed to lay the cheese and veggies, roll up the sandwich, and then ring him in at the register. How much creepier is this going to get? I just didn't get it. I picked up the cheese in the exact same way I always do, fan out the top four slices, and lay them down. I was looking down at the same sandwich I had built a week prior. I swear to you, the cheese, the bread, the ham, everything was just uncannily similar. I credit myself to be a rational dude. So at this point, I was just calling it deja vu, trying not to feel disturbed. The man said, just lettuce and mayo, no toast. Oh, thank God, not toasted. Thank the good Lord. He did not want it toasted. This fucking deja vu is over and it's all just a coincidence, right? Well, some of you all may not know, but there's this thing called hot food tax in some places. Therefore, when a sandwich is toasted, there's a button for hot food taxation and it's something like 12 cents. So as a force of habit, I read the order back to the customer in this fashion. All right, sir. So a ham sandwich, not toasted with a bag of chips and two cookies. He looked very concerned with why I mentioned it was not toasted. Hmm, why'd you have to specify that it wasn't toasted? Then I explained to him about what I said above, all about the hot food tax and blah, blah, blah. Force of habit, because it's a sandwich, is toasted. You repeat the order like, all right, a ham sandwich, toasted with the chips and a drink or something like that. After explaining that to him, he was just kind of inquisitive about it. Nothing too weird. I didn't want to keep him any longer, so I took his card, swiped it, and could not wait for him to get the fuck out. As he walked out the door, he looked back at me with the creepiest fucking smile you can conceive in your reddity imaginations. He turns around and says what I honestly do not think I will ever forget. Just to let you know, I didn't not toast the sandwich because of the tax. I'm not that much of a cheap bastard. Okay, this guy's trying to lighten the mood, right? Sweet, yeah. I know he's not a cheap bastard. I mean, God, it's 12 cents. But he felt the need to tell me the real reason he didn't get it toasted. I just didn't want you to drop it. And just like that, he was gone. Holy shit, I have chills everywhere. 
This was without doubt the most spine-chilling thing I have ever experienced. I explained this whole thing to my father, and he came up with the idea that these two men were probably father and son and were just fucking with me, and I'm making up the rest of the details in my head. Impossible. Do you know why? The man who owns the restaurant that I work at owns one other, just one other, halfway across town. When Guy 1 came in, I was at a store that was about eight miles away from the store that Guy 2 came in. The realistic chances of these two men knowing each other and tracking me down, finding me across town and fucking with me, like that's impossible. I and three other employees, the manager of both stores, the morning shift leader, and my counterpart, the co-night shift manager, are the only four employees that jump between these two stores. The chances of this being a planned and methodically prank is absolutely outrageous. I have no idea what I experienced, but if you actually took the time to read all of this, please tell me this is a legit glitch in the matrix. The Nowhere Road. I was driving at night trying to get home from a friend's place. My friend lived out in the country, so I had to take backcountry roads home. I was never a proficient night driver, so when I got lost, I wasn't surprised. I tried bringing up Google Maps, but I didn't have my 3G coverage out there. I decided that I probably was going in the wrong direction, just a gut feeling, so I got out of the car to look around. At the time, it was May, but when I got out, it was cold as shit. The weather had been mild all that week. Even at night, it was brisk at the most. The second I stepped out of the car, though, I knew everything was wrong. Not only was it unimaginably cold for that time of year, but the woods below the hill my car was on was gone. It had been there just moments before I stepped out, but now there were four large houses where the patch of trees had been. The houses, though, didn't look like houses I was used to seeing in that area. They had domed roofs with a skylight in the middle and what looked like an elongated entryway at the front, kind of like your classic igloo. I started to panic and called my dad, but the call went nowhere. I had forgotten that I had lost coverage. Then I heard a voice below me. I looked down at the houses and a small floodlight had been turned on in one of the front lawns of the houses. This guy was standing outside with a dog. He was talking to the dog in this language I'd never heard before. I mean, I'm no linguist and I couldn't hear him very well, but I swear it sounded practically alien. Lots of elongated vowels and chirping for lack of the better word. I was dumbfounded, freaking out. At that point, I was considering throwing myself off that hill, hoping to hit my head and wake up back in my car. I was fully awake though, freezing and panicked. I rushed back into my car and drove for another few minutes before passing by another car. That car though was totally not the kind of car we see today. There was a weird symbol on the windshield and lights accenting the chassis, 
It had no outboard mirrors and didn't make a normal sound as it passed by. I can't even describe the sound that it made. Not a whoosh like normal cars. It it was almost like a slithering. I think the driver noticed that my car was super different too because I instinctively slowed down to get a better look. So did the strange car. That was it for me. I stopped at the side of the road for a few seconds after it had passed and took a lot of deep breaths. I turned off my car and sat for a long time, but eventually worked up the nerve to get out of the car again. This time, it was barely cool out and I could recognize my surroundings. I was a 20 minutes drive away from home. I walked down the road a ways around a bend and up another small hill and could see a familiar billboard out in the distance. The problem was that I was way too afraid that if I got back in my car, things would change again. So I was determined to stay outside. I thought just to be safe, I'll open the car door and grab the flashlight I keep in the driver's side door compartment. I walked back down the hill around the bend and no car. It it occurred to me that after I shut the car door, I hadn't looked back at all. So maybe I had just forgotten its position. I kept walking back, but nope, no car. I checked my phone and it had been hours now since I left and my parents were surely in bed asleep. So I called a friend and he picked me up on the road. I led my dad and him on a wild goose chase for that car for the majority of the next day before my dad gave up and said it must have been stolen and reported it. To this day, this car has never been found because as far as I know, it's on the side of the road in what I firmly believe to be an alternate dimension, a parallel universe or what have you. The truth is, I have no idea how this sounds I've only told my wife what happened and she thought I was messing with her. And then after I insisted I wasn't, she thought I was insulting her intelligence. To smooth things over, I gave in and told her it was a prank or whatever and she forgot about it. I'm sorry if that sounds too contrived. I just wanted to give the best account of what actually happened. My dad and I survived a tornado that never existed. When I was 13, my father and I survived a tornado that apparently never existed. It still makes me question reality. It happened on a summer afternoon when we made a quick stop home between games from the softball field not far from my house. My sister and I had both made all-star teams through our local league, and she was in the middle of a game, so my mother stayed with her while my dad brought me home to change and eat between a doubleheader. The softball field is less than a mile from where we lived, so it would take us a whole like three minutes to get home. During those three minutes, the sky went from sunny with almost no clouds to a very sinister dark gray. And we live in Rhode Island, so this is not like totally weird as New England weather changes more than most people do their underwear, but I do remember thinking I never saw us drive into a storm cloud or recognizing how it got so dark so fast. It just suddenly was. My dad made a comment about how my second game would probably be postponed because it looked like a serious thunderstorm. Another thing I'll mention, it was a passing thought at the time, but it's relevant now, was that when we pulled into my street coming home, it was unusually deserted. 
Now, we live on a dead-end street, and most people had multiple cars. Almost all of our neighbors parked their car on the street in front of their house. And we all had unspoken designated spots. And I remember thinking I'd never seen the street so bare when we pulled onto it. I went into the house with my dad, went to the bathroom, changed, and grabbed a sandwich. My dad went downstairs to check his work email, and I walked outside by the car to wait for him. It was so dark out. At that point, because of the cloud cover, it felt pointless to even go back to the field. I was mulling this over while eating my sandwich when I got this insanely ominous feeling. I looked to my left and saw a giant tornado coming down the street towards me. I watched as my neighbor's gutter three houses down came flying off their house and their shingles started to rip off. Living in an area where tornadoes just don't exist, I'm pretty sure I went into pure shock from disbelief. I was just standing there. And the next thing I remember is my father grabbing me from behind and pulling me into the house while yelling. He rushed me down into the basement, locking the door behind him. In the next few minutes, there was just a ton of commotion with him swearing, trying to call my mom's cell phone to warn her and everyone at the ball field while I sat there like an idiot, unable to comprehend what had just happened. When my dad got through to my mom, she told him there was absolutely no storm clouds anywhere she could see. But she pulled my sister from the game nonetheless and told everyone on the two teams playing what he called to warn her about. There was confusion at the field and they stalled the game. My dad told me to wait while he investigated as we heard nothing after entering the basement. After the longest five minutes of my life, my dad came back, color completely drained from his face, telling me it was gone and I could come upstairs. When I walked up, I noticed right away the sun was out. I walked outside. There were several cars on the street in their normal spots that weren't there 10 minutes ago. And my neighbor's house was completely fine. No local news reports. My neighbors never saw a thing, even though two of them claimed they'd been home the entire time. This was not a small tornado that we saw. There's no way that this thing materialized that quickly and disappeared just as rapidly. My dad still doesn't like talking about it. And even when I get him to, he's convinced himself it just must have been a freak thing that began and ended on our road. I know he noticed the same things I did, like the car suddenly being there and our neighbor's house magically being repaired. He's not a very open-minded guy, and I could tell that the cognitive dissonance makes him really uncomfortable. So I just don't push him too much, but it's obvious he's just as disturbed by the entire thing. It still freaks me out to relive it. It makes me question reality in a serious way. And I'll take any insight I can get. Another thing I wanted to add, I felt like, I felt nothing when the tornado was on our street. Like no wind, pool, etc. I have no idea how I knew to look up in that direction other than getting that feeling. My mom later told me that my dad had mentioned the day it happened and he also had a terrible feeling that made him come upstairs. He called my name and when I didn't respond, he said he heard a loud whooshing noise coming from outside, which is what led him to see me and the tornado, which is when he promptly rescued my dumbass just standing there staring. As far as I remember, I felt and heard nothing. I would probably believe I hallucinated the entire thing if it weren't for my dad also experiencing it.
I called my dad in his past about more than 30 years ago. I recently posted about me disappearing into thin air when I was sleeping and my family couldn't find me. And when I woke, they swore up and down that they could have searched all over for me but weren't able to find me. This is not an update, but something that just happened yesterday. Three days ago, I was having conversation with my father, and he was telling me about his university life. Basically, my dad came from nothing. He had a very difficult upbringing and went to the worst school in high school in our city. When it was time for him to join university, my grandfather passed away, leaving my dad to take care for the rest of the family as he was the oldest son. He took a wrong major because of the wrong advices of the people and how he regrets it to this day. The courses were taught in English, which is a second language for us, and how he didn't even know the language. My dad told me that it was the darkest time in his life, and he just wanted to run away and was thinking of taking his own life. Now, very recently, he got his master's in English literature, and he was telling me that he didn't think it would ever be possible for him. My dad just recently finished this degree at the age of 55. The next morning, My dad had to drive to this town because his distant relatives lived there and they are struggling financially. My dad is a very kind soul and he wanted to help them. This town is three hours drive away. He usually takes public transport, but didn't because of a recent crisis. He drove there and my mom was worried, so we decided we will keep calling him after every hour to check. Well, I decided to call him. Now, keep in mind, because it's highway network signals get very weak. He told me to wait and park at a nearby restaurant. It was like a checkpoint for trucks. I mean, I don't know what came over me, but I started crying and went on to tell him how proud I was of him. I just babbled and kept saying that he shouldn't think he's lacking because he's not. He was an amazing father and a great person to look up to. You guys, my dad started crying and he told me that he'll talk to me when he returns. Well, he returned and just hugged me and was telling me that how 30 years ago he was visiting the same town and it was the time when he was at his lowest. He was visiting the same relatives and he was in a bus which stopped at a petrol station. He called his mother and when he picked the phone without even dialing, he heard my voice. It was me telling him the exact same thing which I just said yesterday. He said he hadn't even called my grandmother. He just stood there and cried. It gave him strength to keep fighting. He said he just now realized it was whose voice he heard. Mine. My parents are now taking this as a sign from God who helped my dad when he thought no one was there for him. Friend and I had an episode of Missing Time last night. At 8.57 p.m. last night, my friend and I were making a trip to Walmart. I live in a rural area in the Appalachian Mountains, but still going into a city. We started a podcast, and I turned it down for a second and told her something. Before I knew it, we had driven halfway through the city. I lost time around the police station and realized the five minutes it would have taken us to get to that point had taken 16 minutes, and we had no memory of driving up a steep hill through a busy roundabout. I automatically tried to think maybe we were just tired, but but she was freaking out because she didn't remember 
and nothing paranormal has ever happened to her. The thing is, we continued our conversation from the point we left off the police station. Though the time moved, the podcast had stopped at 5 minutes and 45 seconds in, but we lost 15 minutes. Her cell phone hadn't been able to connect to data all day, and it worked again. We spent the rest of the drive trying to remember. We both felt weird after. She had a stomach ache and I had a headache. I thought even as far as what if we inhaled like mold, but then why did we both lose time? I felt so strange after that, walking through Walmart, dizzy. Everything was kind of moving slowly. About an hour later, we both felt better. I can't explain what happened or where the time went, but we have had a few other crazy things happen the last few days, and this just went to the top of the list. I didn't exist for an entire afternoon when I was 16. This happened in 2009 when I was 16 years old. It was the first weekend of summer and nobody was home when I woke up at around 11 a.m. I grabbed a snack and went down to the basement to watch TV. I had plans to hang out with a friend at around 3 p.m. that day. Like I said before, I started watching TV at around 11, knowing I had four hours before I was supposed to head over to my friend's house. I had only been watching TV for about 30 minutes when my mom came down the stairs asking me where I had been all day. I said, what are you talking about? I've been awake for less than an hour. I look at my watch and see that it's well past five in the afternoon. I run upstairs and check my phone to see that I have missed several calls from my friend and my mom. My mom's side of the story is what makes me nauseous when I think about this, even to this day. She said she was with my little brother at his baseball game from one to three that day. She and my brother were home when I supposedly woke up and went down to the basement, but neither of them have any memory of even seeing me that morning. When my mom got home at around three, she checked the entire house for me, including the basement where I had been sitting on the couch watching TV. It's been 10 years and I still have no idea what happened on that day. It is by far the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. And although I talk about it with my family, like it's a funny little thing that happened, it genuinely chills me to my bones thinking about it. My grandparents experienced a time glitch in the late 1940s. Grandma and grandpa were driving through Pennsylvania to an old family farm. The farm belonged to his uncle and cousins who lived there. Grandpa was a city kid and had visited the farm every summer for years as he was growing up. It was around 25 years since he had been, but he loved that farm and wanted to introduce Grandma to his cousins and show her around the farm. As they drove closer to the farm, Grandpa began to tell Grandma about the little town that was on the road on the way to the farm, and soon they reached that little town. Grandpa was amazed that it hadn't changed a bit. Towards the end of town, they saw that a hotel was on fire. The road was blocked by firemen using an old-fashioned fire wagon and a water tank pulled by horses. They thought it was strange, but they chalked this up to being in rural Pennsylvania. Eventually, the water wagon moved and they could drive on. 
They reached the farm, and after greeting Grandpa's uncles and cousins, they shared the news of the fire at the hotel. Grandpa suggested that they all go down to see if they could help, and their relatives looked shaken. That's when one of the cousins explained that there was no town. Not anymore. About 20 years before, the hotel had burned down, and the fire spread to most of the small town's main street. After their businesses were lost, people left the town. In fact, the uncle and cousins were the last people living in the area. Grandpa and Grandma couldn't believe it. They had just seen the town. The fire even smelled the smoke. Grandpa, Grandma, and some cousins got in the car and drove back to town, going back the same way they came. And the town was gone. I vanished for three straight days. This happened in January 2015. I was three months pregnant with our first son. My ex-husband woke me up extremely excited. Manic, you could say. Where were you and what the fuck, he yelled. It was no later than 4 a.m., so I was very disoriented and immediately started an argument, which ended with me really not remembering going to bed the night before. Talking more about it, I realized extra two days had passed, don't remember days of the week, and I had a complete blackout. The last thing I remember was throwing away leftovers from the food we ordered for dinner. It was about 7 p.m., and my ex-husband went to get his car back from the mechanic. He said I okayed him calling Uber from my phone, but I can't recall that. After coming back, I was nowhere to be found. My keys, wallet, and phone were there, but I was gone. He immediately went to the only neighbor we used to hang out with at the time, but I wasn't there either. He waited a few more hours and then called the police. From what he said, the next two days were hell. Hospital kept calling. I'm a nurse. Friends I made plans with called, and no one had any idea where I was. On the third day, I just appeared in our bed in jammies. The door was locked, and my ex-husband didn't even sleep. He was drinking and walking around the house all night. I didn't lose my job, and we had no problems with authority, but to this day, I can't figure out what could have happened. Time slip occurring in our home. So, in the past two-ish days, there's been some strange things going on in our house. Things that just don't add up. First thing that happened was when I was getting out of the shower. My boyfriend came in as I was drying off and handed me a pair of panties. I thanked him but told him I already had a pair with me in the bathroom. He said jokingly something along the lines of, you yelled at me to bring you these. You better take them. I assumed that he was just being goofy, so I took the panties and told him to get out of the bathroom. The next bit came within the next few hours. My roommate was getting ready for a date and called me from her bedroom to zip up her dress for her. I went into her room to find that there was nobody there. Notably that, but she walked out of the bathroom shortly after wearing jeans and a tank top. Nothing that she would have needed my help with zipping. I told her about what I had heard, and we checked her room out. Her TV and computer were turned off. We were just confused. Around 11 p.m., 
my boyfriend and I went for ice cream and to watch a performer play and then returned home and fell asleep. My roommate made a comment when we woke that she could hear us having sex and something along the lines of, you must have been having a good time the way you were shrieking. I asked her earlier today around what time that was and she mentioned it was around midnight, which is when we would have been out of the house. Not only that, but we didn't have sex at all that night in question. The last thing that happened was when we were doing our evening meditation. Through the closed bedroom door, we could hear two people talking. We couldn't make out what they were saying, but we could hear the actual talking clearly enough. Naturally, I jumped to the conclusion that somebody was in the house, but then something, someone addressed us directly through the door and said, night y'all, while giggling and walking off. It sounded just like my roommate. And it's worth mentioning that when me and my boyfriend are in bed together, that's something she says and does through the door to mess with us. Does this sound like a glitch? Could this potentially be a time slip? Like, do you think it's possible that somehow past future incidents just found their way here or got caught in a transition? I know this sounds far-fetched, but honestly don't know. Also, we're having someone check for carbon monoxide tomorrow and someone checking for mold later this week. I woke up to a clean apartment that I did not clean and I live alone. I went to bed last night after staying up and watching the ball drop. I read for a bit, took my dog out, and then went to bed. Before going to bed, I realized that my apartment was a bit of a mess. Clothes on the floor, a few dishes scattered around, some plastic wrap left over from Christmas, and I planned to clean it today. My dog and I went to my room, locked the door, and went to sleep. For context, I live alone in a second-story apartment. I have security cameras on my front door and back balcony, and I also have a doggy cam pointed at my dog's crate in my bedroom that also has my bed in frame. I rewatched the videos from last night and there was no movement besides the usual stand up and stretch my dog does, me tossing and turning a bit in my sleep. But when I woke up and walked out to my living room, it was clean. Clothes picked up and in the washing machine, not running or full. Dishes cleaned and put away in the cabinets, plastic from Christmas presents thrown away. Everything was back in its usual place, and I've been trying to figure out what the fuck happened. I have no history of sleepwalking, and the camera would have picked it up. No one came into my house. I just can't figure out. So I wanted to see if anybody else has had any kind of explanation or has had experiences similar to this before. Carbon monoxide levels in my apartment are fine, and there's no evidence of a gas leak. Downstairs neighbors had their detector checked too, and it was fine. I'm pretty good at keeping up with my annual doctor's visits and have screenings fairly often for cancer, heart, and thyroid issues that run in my family, unfortunately. But I will make a note of it to discuss with my doctor if anything else happens. To address some of the questions and comments that have been left, I do not drink or take any recreational drugs. Any meds I currently take, I have been on for over three years with no issues. I have cameras and lock my bedroom door because I'm relatively young and live alone. I also have a legal background and understand the significance of evidence if anything were to happen. I want to thank you guys again for your concern and helpful comments. 
I'm the wife that switched realities in the grocery store that must be going insane. I want to share my story from my point of view. I was in the grocery store with my daughter doing some shopping. We were down the canned chili aisle. While walking by the chili to the left, I mentioned to my daughter that it was too bad that no one in the house liked chili dogs. She replied with, yuck, mom, hot dogs are gross. I said, okay, well, we need to do some canned corn. So I looked above the aisle to read the signs and noticed canned vegetables were in the next aisle to the right. So we walked, got to the end of the aisle and turned right. Before we turned the corner to the aisle on the right, I looked down and saw the chili to the left. I stopped and said to my daughter, hey, weren't we just down the chili aisle? My daughter said, whoa, mom, yeah, we were. Now we're standing outside the two aisles, looking back and forth between both aisles. I looked to the one on the right, the one we were just down, and saw baking good like flour and things. We both kind of tripped out a bit laughing about it, chalking it up till we must be confused. I'm open-minded, but this definitely couldn't be possible. We wrapped up our shopping and came home. Fast forward to dinner time, minus a few details. The long story short is that I noticed my son's features looking slightly different to me. I kept saying how he just looked slightly older. Kind of like when you send your kid to camp for a week and when you see them, you notice how they age just a wee bit from the last time you saw them. I asked my husband if he thought it was possible for a person to notice the moment of the slightest aging in a child. We are pretty open-minded in our house and like to entertain conversations that don't fall in line with society standards. It's fun and we like to think for ourselves. At some point, a while later, my daughter said, Hey, mom, tell them about what happened at the grocery store. I told the story and my husband, being my lovable weird self, said, I think you experienced a glitch in the matrix. Maybe my old wife is gone and that's why our son looks different. I laughed it off because I like to always see the rational sides to things and also thought he was mostly joking. So he posted about it. I have no idea what really happened at the store. Had my daughter not been there to experience it with me, I might actually believe I, in fact, do have mental illness like some of the commenters on my husband's post think. Me and my sister shared a day out that didn't actually occur. This happened when I, male, 23, and my sister, female, 34, were 13 and 23, respectively. Saturday morning, I woke up about 10 a.m.-ish. My mom cooked me some breakfast, scotch pancakes, and we watched an episode of Lost together. When my brother stayed upstairs playing on his PS3, probably FIFA. Around 11.30 a.m., my sister called me and asked if I wanted to meet her at my local shopping center to buy some clothes and just generally have a walk around and have something to eat. I wasn't doing anything and my friends weren't playing out, so I decided to meet her. She took a taxi there and I walked there as it was pretty close to me, or it was at the time. We had a generally good time, didn't end up buying any clothes. My sister did. We had a meal at the cafe about 1 p.m., and got an ice cream each afterwards, where you buy a cone and go and make it yourself from the machine. Although I broke the machine pin on the lever and got a bit upset because I thought I was going to be made to pay for this. 
But the manager came over and said it's happened a few times. No biggie. We went to Mr. Sims, an old-fashioned sweet shop, and bought some sweets, weighed them up, and paid for them. Going home, my sister ordered a taxi in, but this time I got in. The taxi dropped me off at home, and she stayed in and went to her house. She was living with her friend at the time. Generally good day. I played some FIFA with my brother when I got home, ended up having a bit of an argument with him, then made up, had some supper in the evening, and watched Saturday night takeaway and your generic Saturday night TV. All in all, a pretty normal and uneventful day. Except this day didn't happen, at least not to anybody but me and my sister. I mentioned me breaking the ice cream machine to my mom, and she thought I was joking. I explained that at the cafe today, when we had food, I broke the pin on the lever, and I'll never forget the way she looked at me. She looked worried but slightly questioning, waiting for me to say I'm joking. She said I left the house once today and it was to go to the chip shop to bring back egg fried rice and curry for me, my brother and my mom. And it took me about 15 minutes. At no point did I leave for hours. And when I did leave, it was about 2 p.m. I remember calling my sister panicking at this point needing to prove that I did actually go and meet her. She answered, slightly sleepy by this point, as it was about 11 p.m. before this conversation occurred, and asked her what we did today on loudspeaker. She went through the exact same story I just told my mom, including the ice cream machine, including what she bought, and including what sweets I got from Mr. Sims. At this point, I ran up to my room and brought the remaining sweets down to prove that I bought these today and went to the shopping center. My mom at this point had tears in her eyes, hoping, I guess, that this was some kind of prank me and my sister had conjured up. And me and my sister agreed to talk about it tomorrow, but texted me afterwards asking if mom's all right. I said, yeah. And if she's not, neither is my brother because he's promising me that at the time I was out, he was playing FIFA with me in his room. Tomorrow comes and my sister calls me in a panic claiming that her boss sent her home from work because she got called in yesterday instead. She said that her boss said he called her yesterday morning and asked her to cover somebody's shift and she can have Sunday off, essentially just swapping a shift, which she agreed to. She said she didn't push him too much because she didn't want him to think she was mental and lose her job. To this day, our mom, brother, and even my sister's now ex-roommate, are wholeheartedly convinced that the day me and my sister spent together didn't happen. She no longer has contact with her old boss, but he paid her for the Saturday despite not working Sunday. And me and my sister, we can recall tiny details to each other about the day we had over these years. This has generally drifted into the background, but sometimes gets brought up now and again and has become something that's almost taboo to talk about in our family because of the issues it's caused around the time. This turned out to be a lot longer than I expected, but never had the opportunity to share this in a place where it actually seems to fit. Thanks, guys, for listening so much to this episode of Blame It on the Aliens. These stories gave me the creeps, and this probably is my favorite episode that I have done so far. I wish that I wasn't hoarse for it, but hopefully the next time you hear from me, I will have a normal voice. So 
That being said, you know the trail. If you have any stories or themes or Reddit links or whatever, um, email them to me at blameitonthealiens at gmail.com and I would love to read them on the show. And hit the notification bell, subscribe, follow, rate and review and all that jazz. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.